This is your host, Michelle, and you're listening to Old TV with a New Twist. Let's see what classic television show we're watching and talking about this week. Welcome to episode 47 of Old TV with a New Twist. Today we're here to tackle what I consider a TV classic, The Dick Van Dyke Show. And I'd like to welcome back for his eighth time, my co-host and son-in-law, Gino Gio. Welcome, Gino. I'm happy to be back. Eight times. Eight times. I can't believe it. And especially this one. I like this one. You do? Yeah. I've never watched it until now, but in my brain, it was like the show that every like this show is what all other shows were built off of. I just remember it from Nick at Night when I was young, but I believe it was more, it was later. If you woke up in the middle of the night, you looked at the TV, it was Dick and <laughs> Dick, uh, Van Dyke. So. Well, you know, I've been working on a lot of requests from my listeners. This was not requested by anyone, but because the podcast is called Old TV with a New Twist, I like to tackle what I call the mm-hmm. absolute classics. And I consider this one of them. So that's why we're doing the Dick Van Dyke show today, just because I want to. Just some stats about the show. It ran for five seasons from 1961 to 1966. There are 158 episodes. The basic premise is just Rob and Laura Petrie live outside of New York City. He works in New York City as a writer for the Alan Brady show. This show was created by Carl Reiner and based on his experiences writing for Sid Caesar's show, which was called Your Show of Shows, which was a big show back like in the 50s. And the original pilot for this show, which was made in 1960, starred Reiner himself and was called Head of the Family. But it didn't make the cutter get picked up, so he hmm. retooled it with a whole new cast. Is this Reiner you talk about? Is that Rob Reiner? Are they related? That's Rob Reiner's dad. Okay. Gotcha. One of those show business dynasties. Gotcha. (laughs) One thing mainly about the show, when it started, it was supposed to focus mainly on his life at the office as a comedy writer. That made Sally Rogers and the lady who played her, Rose Marie, the lead female character. But when the show started, Laura's character, his wife, as Mm -hmm. played by Mary Tyler Moore, really took off with the audience. And they shifted the focus of the show to concentrate more on his home life and his family than the office. They still had the office and the work, Mm -hmm. but it kind of shifted. So that made Mary Tyler Moore the lead female actress, which didn't go down well with Rose Marie, who played Sally. Consequently, she didn't like Mary Tyler Moore. And she even stated later that yeah, and like her you know it's very interesting but let's just talk about characters okay for a little bit to really be a debbie danner every character you saw in this episode is dead <laughs> dick van dyke's not dead oh i'm sorry i'm sorry wait <laughs> oh my gosh i was like i don't think he's dead i was testing you gino you passed <laughs> 
And I have that right here because we're going to talk about the characters on this show. Obviously, the lead characters, Rob Petrie's played by Dick Van Dyke, who is still alive and is 96 years old. He is 96. That's insane. So I'm doing my research on as you do on Dick Van Dyke. I big Disney fan. So I relate Dick Van Dyke more to Mary Poppins than I do the Dick Van Dyke show. And I, I never realized how old he was because in 2000. 16 it was the disneyland 60th anniversary dick van dyke came out with Derek cuff to do the step in time dance and he is moving he was 91 at the time i believe and he is straight going for it like he's doing the dance he only does it for a few seconds but he's got it he's now his wife is a good bit younger than him and she's a singer and i went to her like instagram page and i was watching and she just put out a music video about mm, four months ago and he's Two stepping with her, so he still got it. Yeah, I love Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I think of him like the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I don't know if you and Bye Bye Birdie. Yep. I mean, he's he's really got quite and a then, career. So I was thinking Mary Poppins was either before or after the Dick Van Dyke show, but it was all at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, it really was. This this period of time is when his career took off, both in movies and television. Now, of course, playing Laura Petrie, his wife, Mary Tyler Moore. She sadly died in 1960, oh, 16, 2017. <laughs> yes. Gino, you, you, I love you. <laughs> I, I told you how much I love you. <laughs> As a co-host, you do your job. I, I research. You come I sure. to this table prepared. I appreciate <laughs> that, Gino. Wow. So yeah, Mary Tyler Moore. You did the Mary Tyler Moore show with me. So, so seeing this show, I can see why people fell in love with her. I think the show, she was born in 34, I think. So she was like in her 30s. Yeah. Or like right at 30. Yeah. She was super cute. She was strong woman. I could see why people fell in love with her. And then she got her own show, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. That Mary Tyler Moore show became very popular as well. Right. I have a question I, I have right here. Gino, is Mary Tyler Moore attractive here? Is she an attractive I think lady she, I as a man? Yes, speaking. I think she's attractive for okay. sure. Yeah, because there's certain times I see women and I look at them and think, how can a man look at her and not fall in love with her? And I think that of Jennifer Garner in the movie 13 going on 30. She's yeah. just so adorable. She's cute, for how sure. can men not just adore her? And when I looked at this Mary Tyler Moore character here, she's I think she has that quality. For that, sure. Now, about these two characters, I read an article that said there was a great mix of passion and chemistry with Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke. And in their respective memoirs that they both wrote, which I read both of them, they each admitted that they had a crush on each other at this time. So I was reading an article <laughs> about that as well. And Dick Van Dyke said that Mary Tyler Moore was like his favorite person ever. Like he just loved everything about her. They never had like an argument or all. They were just always in love with each other. You can kind of, I've only ever seen this one episode, but right. I feel you, they have very good chemistry together for yeah, sure. De- definitely. It worked on all levels. So that's on the home front. You've got mom and dad, and then you've got little Richie. <laughs> Richie Petrie. Um, he is still alive, but he's not in this episode. But he's 67 years old. And you don't see him in this episode. Now at work, you had Buddy Sorrell, who was played by Maury Amsterdam. He died in 1996 at the age of 87. And uh, his character was based on a young Mel Brooks, who was a writer for the I could see that. show with Carl Reiner. And he went on to do Blazing Saddles and mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein. Yep. Uh, very funny. Um, then there's Sally Rogers, played by Rose Marie, who 
hated Mary Tom <laughs> <laughs> because she she took over that lead female role. She died in 2017 at the age of 94. Same year as Mary Tyler Moore. Then on the home front, there were the neighbors, Jerry and Millie Helper. Mm -hmm. Jerry was played by Jerry Paris, who died in 1986 at the age of 60. Ouch. Ugh, yeah. Very young. He actually went on to be a great director. He's directed a lot of like Happy Days, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then Millie Helper was played by Anne Morgan Gilbert, who died in 2016 at the age of 87. So... What you find in a lot of these old shows is a lot of the cast has passed away. I can sit, you know, I always say this to my husband. There are classic stars out there. Obviously, we lost Betty White, which you mm -hmm. and I talked about with the Golden Girls. I think probably Carol Burnett and Dick Van Dyke are the last two true, like, classics. And you got Bob Newhart, but I don't think he was ever as big as Dick Van Dyke, yeah. you know, um, that are still hanging in. I agree with you. I would say I try to remember, like, or try to think now. I don't know. 50 years from now, who is going to be the classic stars of today? I always right. try and think that. I don't think there actually is going to be now, especially now with like all the TV shows on Netflix and Apple TV and all these shows. It's just, it's so much. There's so many shows. It's not three channels with four shows on four different shows every night or whatever it is. It's 10 million shows and you got to go search for them. So you can't just get a star. Like, I don't feel like it's all flash in the pan type of stuff now. So in 10 years or 15 years, it's never going to be like that person was Dick Van Dyke who had this huge legacy. And there's also the fact that he starred on Broadway very successfully. He starred on TV very successfully. And he starred in movies very successfully. Mm -hmm. So every, nobody can see Dick Van Dyke and not know who he is. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a slight little pause for an announcement and we'll be right back. Before we talk about any specific episode, I'd just like to announce that if you are not a member of our Facebook group, please go join. It's called Old TV with a New Twist Podcast Group. And what I do is about a week or two before the podcast drops, I will go in and tell you what show we're going to be podcasting about next, but specifically what episode we're going to be talking about. And I'll tell you exactly where to find it on what platform. I'll even post a link, whether it's Amazon or Hulu or any of the free streaming apps like Dailymotion, Pluto TV, Tubi TV or Crackle TV, I'll let you know exactly where to find it. That way you can go in, watch the episode, and when you listen to the podcast, you can follow along with us scene by scene because you will have seen the episode. And you can find out, did you laugh in the same places we laughed in? Did you not like what we like? Or did you like what we liked? And it'll be kind of fun to follow along. Just wanted to put that announcement out there to let you know that in that Facebook group, you'll have all the information before the podcast drops. And we're back. And we hope you're all already members of our Facebook group. Now, Gino, off air, you were saying that you wondered something about the name of the show? Something? Well, I had a question about the name of the show. So the name of the show is The Dick Van Dyke Show, but his name is Rob on the show. He, right. so, But like in the Mary Tyler Moore show, her name is Mary. I just was confused. I was like, why would they not just name, why would his name not be Dick on the show? And he was not that well known yet. Yeah. I would say if you were a star like Mary Tyler Moore, she was on the Dick Van Dyke yeah. show. So it's her show now. Yeah. And when they said, well, we're going to call it the Dick Van Dyke show, Rosemarie said, what's a Dick Van Dyke? 
for sure <laughs> because they didn't know but you you mentioned it the trend there and shows that were on kind of at the same time we're following the mary tyler moore show the bob newhart show the carol burnett show you know people they name shows after people and i think right at that time it was just a, a, a trend <laughs> Don't necessarily know, but that's what they did at the time. Okay, so this episode, season three, episode one, so it was a season opening episode, which usually they try and pack a little punch into those. It's called That's My Boy, but with a question mark behind yeah. it. It aired September 26th, 1963. And the episode synopsis from IMDb just said, Rob tells the story of when his son Richie was born and Rob believed that the baby they brought home from the hospital was not theirs. Pretty concise and accurate. Yep. Now, go right into the episode. The first thing I want to talk about is the opener. We just listened to the to song. I would love to talk about the opener because I have a question. In 2016, CBS showed this episode in color. The opening of that episode, he opens the door and trips over the ottoman. <laughs> and falls? And falls. Okay. In the black and white one, he opens the door and walks around the ottoman and then kind of like fakes like he's falling, like mm -hmm. trips and never falls. Do they have, is that the same opening? Like every opening is him doing something at the ottoman? Gino, in my notes right here, I have the explanation for this. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> the opening for season one just had them picking up a folder that said the Dick Van Dyke show and a bunch of photos spill out with the stars and they show you their names. Carl Reiner, the creator writer of the show, wanted a better opening. So he decided to assemble the cast at their house and have him coming in. And he goes, ah, let's take it one step. Let's have him fall over the ottoman when he comes in. So they went into the studio and they filmed it because Dick Van Dyke's great at this physical, like he's got like yeah. rubber legs, you know, mm -hmm. when he's dancing and stuff, everyone was satisfied. Then Carl Reiner said, well, wait, let's film another one where he misses the ottoman, steps around it and doesn't fall over the ottoman. So they filmed that. They took four minutes to film both of them, did them both in one take. And then they decided that they were going to alternate and just in each show, drop one in and not do it with like you. So every time you saw it, you didn't know if he was going to fall gotcha. over the ottoman. So there's only two. Or there's two openings. Now, Dick Van Dyke said viewers used to make bets on whether or not Rob Petrie would fall on any given week. And I have here, Gino, did he fall in this one or not? But you know, he didn't. He did not fall. However, as a avid classic TV viewer, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think there were actually three because there's one where he falls, this one, he misses it. But then there's one where he does this little almost dance step, deep sidestep. Really? And he didn't do that in this one. I think there's a third. I'm being honest. I, I just, there's a third to me. There might be. But overall, there's, he there's, misses it or he falls. Gotcha. That's very interesting. I wonder why the colored version, they changed it. But I think probably if they were doing it like a, as a special occasion, an anniversary, the one where he falls is more classic. Gotcha. So they yeah, want to use sense. that one makes yeah, sense. of him falling. I just want to insert this little message here. After we recorded the podcast, I went and searched to see how many additional openings were filmed. And I was right. There were indeed three. One where he merely misses the ottoman, one where he falls over the ottoman, and one where he does that little dancey sidestep around the ottoman, in addition to season one opening. So all four openings are in a YouTube video that I posted 
on the Facebook page if you would like to see. I knew I was right. And now let's get back to the episode recap. Okay, so we start with Rob and Laura Petrie are having a dinner party at their house. Now, 1960s dinner parties were an event. These people are dressed up. I in- literally have that in my <laughs> notes. I say they are dressed up everywhere they go. <laughs> so I got that throughout the episode. I wish it was still like that, sort of. Gino, you you're blowing my mind here. Go on. Well, we I recently went to Las Vegas. And my dad was always like, yeah, man, back in the day, we would wear suits and we would have, everybody have a sports coat. And now everybody's just like in jeans and a T-shirt walking around. And I recently watched Vegas Vacation and they're in Las Vegas and they're all it's 96. I think the movie was made and they're all wearing sports coats and they all have ties on. There. And I was just like, I just wish that was still the time. And it just looks it just looks nice. Yeah. But then I'm thinking like, like, I like being comfortable. <laughs> so they might get hot in a suit. Uh, I literally put. The men have suits and ties on. Rob's in his own home wearing a suit and a tie. The women are wearing dresses. They have brooches on. Brooches were a big thing back then. And and brooches, a brooch on a woman I'm fascinated with. I love that look. I want to wear a brooch. Not on this this (laughs) t-shirt. But obviously, you know, when my mom died and my sister and I were going to go through all her jewelry, I literally said, are there any brooches in there? (laughs) I want a brooch. And there are actually two that I I have. This first scene reminds me of Pleasantville. Do you remember the movie Pleasantville with Tobey Maguire and I Reese do remember that. Witherspoon? They go back through the television into like a Leave It to Beaver ish show, which is like this show. When this show first came on, I'm like, holy moly, this is WandaVision. <laughs> so, WandaVision, the Marvel show on Disney Plus, it's literally the same exact set. I watched mm-hmm. a video. It they did everything. The table was there. the The screen door for the kitchen, the kitchen. window. It's the exact same set to a T. It's amazing. And in WandaVision vision, he <laughs> trips over the Ottoman, just like in, I was like, this is, I've never seen Dick Van Dyke. I just thought it was like, uh, they were just throwing back to like those old shows. I didn't know it was an exact replica of the Dick Van Dyke show. So at this dinner party are their neighbors, Millie and Jerry Helper. Dinner is over and they're going to take their coffee Oh, I'm sorry. And Mel Cooley, their their coworker. Yep. They're going to take their coffee and go over to the living room to have pleasant after dinner conversation with their coffee. Yes. So they're talking and they're just chit-chatting. And then Mel is talking about how his wife went to see his sister-in-law and she just gave birth to a baby girl. He made a joke that it, it took me like three times to hear it. <laughs> and he said, my sister-in-law looks like my brother-in-law. So I, I'm assuming... He's saying she looks like a man. Well, and the brother-in-law looks like Godzilla. But the I way confused. I took it I, is that she's the, ugly. The baby was cute, or the baby was ugly. No, the baby was cute. The baby was cute, but they're both they're ugly. both ugly. So right. he made a joke like that's probably not their baby, which right. made made Rob go into his story about the time that he thought his baby wasn't his baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rob's got a story about that. Yeah. So we go into a flashback. So they flash back to the day in the hospital and the, the, the it's the day they're coming home. Rob and Jerry are both wearing suits yes. at the hospital to come pick up Laura and bring her home. Casual, not work. Just they're in, in suits. Suit. Yeah. Looking good. Um, so it's, it's hectic at the hospital. You could tell the nurses are running around trying to make up the beds. They're trying to check out two patients that yep. day. Uh, room 203. 
the Peters are leaving. Yeah. And in room 208, the Petries are leaving. And they bring Laura the wrong envelope with her belongings. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not mine. That's yeah. Miss Peters in 208. And then they bring in the wrong flowers. Mm -hmm. And then they keep calling them the Peters. Yep. These nurses are really... Getting it, 203, 208 mixed up. It, it's chaotic at this point. Well, when they're leaving the hospital, it's mm -hmm. a pretty funny scene where they're gathering all their, <laughs> their stuff. And Rob is a little... He's a new dad. He's nervous. A he's little stressed. nervous. He's passing out. He yes. can't, so he's can't... passing out. So they're saying like, oh, you got to eat. You got to eat. Don't make sure you eat. He's picking up all the stuff. He's got like the bags and he's got the flowers that people sent and he's got a thing of apples and laura's like you gotta eat so he takes an apple and stuffs it in his pocket well later on we see the apple again and again and again yeah. and i just like that how they just put that little tiny thing in there and mm -hmm. it just keeps going but it's never like crazy funny it's just like clever that they put it in it kept doing it and they yeah. did it they did it twice it's like foreshadowing or later on in the episode. Yes, that apple will reappear several times. So then they show you they're at home. They got the baby home. Laura's in the in the bedroom with the baby and Millie, the next door neighbor's in there helping her. Jerry and Rob are just, you know, lounging on the sofa. You know, they're at home in suits and ties. And uh, they're talking about, because Rob Petrie's saying, Jerry, who do you think the baby looks like? And they're mm -hmm. all saying that at first it looked like you and then it looked like laura but now it looks like neither of you no it looks like ralph martoni oh yeah that's when he sit on the couch <laughs> the yeah, cab yeah. driver yeah yeah because the cab driver is apparently short and bald which all yes. babies are short and bald but he's but so now there's that little tiny seed he's like oh you know it don't look like us and so there we're going to talk about these little seeds that keep yeah. being planted because then millie comes out and, and when a seed gets planted and takes root your mind can run away with it. Yep. I'm guilty of that. I think everybody to a little extent. For sure. And then every little thing you hear just keeps watering it and grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And you got this thing in your yeah. room. You got it blown out. Millie comes out the bedroom with a whole tray of baby bottles and whatnot. And she says something about, I don't think it looks like either one of you. Yeah. And then Laura comes out the bedroom and says, oh, he's so cute. I used to think he, but now I don't know who he looks like. And all this yeah. is just feeding into Rob. He's exhausted. He hasn't eaten. He still got the apple in his pocket. He hasn't eaten it yet. <laughs> so then Sally Rogers and Buddy Sorrell, who he works with, come over to the house to see the baby. Know, you know what has... that's from? The Seinfeld episode where Jerry's like, why does everybody, when, when they have a baby, they want you to come over and see the baby? And it's a very ugly baby in that episode. Uh -huh. So Buddy and Sally come over to see the baby in suits and ties and dresses. Yeah. I want to point that out again because I'm like, nobody wears anything else except one time. Well, well Laura's in a robe. But yeah. She just had a baby. We'll let that go. So everybody comes to see the baby and then they leave. And Rob's telling, it's Rob and Jerry alone. And he's like, look, I, I don't think this is my baby. And then Jerry's like, you need to eat. That's when he takes the apple yeah. out of his pocket. And he starts taking little bites of the apple. He starts taking little bites. Jerry and Mary leave. And it's just Rob and Laura. And she says, oh, we didn't read the card on the flowers they brought us at the hospital. So they read the card and it's from Dick and Betty Carter. Yes. And he's like, I don't know no Dick and Betty Carter. <laughs> nope. They got, and then she said, oh, no, look, this is for Mr. and Mrs. Peters in room 203. And then all of a sudden he starts ra unraveling and again. like, you know, they've been mixing us up all week. Earlier in the week, I got her rice pudding and she got my blueberry tart. Yeah. <laughs> so this all is going to, you know. So then we flash back to 
the present where they're having their nice coffee after dinner. And Rob's like, you know, Rob says, well, wouldn't you think that? Now, honestly, I can see. Oh, 100%. I don't think he's completely unreasonable here. Not at all. The whole time I'm like, that could possibly be that they switch the babies. I mean, they're switching everything else. Because it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't. It was everything. Yeah. Yeah. Literally and we're everything. even going to find out that when they, they gave him, oh, the baby's records in an yep. envelope, they gave him the wrong records. We don't know that yet. But he's very emotional. He's sleep deprived. He's food deprived. Yep. As many different things feeding into this. So I agree and you agree. So now back to the flashback. Rob calls Jerry over because he's yep. so convinced that something's like, got to be done. Jerry is mercifully wearing a cardigan and he not is. a suit jacket. I saw that. He must have been in a rush. He was probably relaxing at home. Man, thank the, you. <laughs> threw the cardigan on to get to uh, Rob's yeah. house. Rob is so convinced he wants to call the Peters family and switch these babies back. He does. And I think... Is that a little rash, you think? I don't think so. I liked how in the present day when right. they're talking and they're like, he thought the baby wasn't his, so he... I forget who it was, Mel or somebody. He's like, so you called the hospital? And then Jerry's like, nope, he called me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Jerry comes over and, they, and they're and they trying to figure it out if it's his baby or not. They go get the papers and they match the footprints of the, they put blue ink on the baby's foot. They match the feet of the baby. And he's like, this baby's got six toes. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And then it's, it wound up being Rob's thumb on there. And then. Well, the thing is, he says, look, this footprint matches the footprint on the hospital record. Yeah. And Rob goes, look at the hospital record. It's baby boy Peters. Yeah. So now this is it. This is it. Rob is convinced he's going to call the Peters family to switch the baby back. Laura still doesn't know any of this is going on. Jerry's trying to keep him from acting rashly Mm -hmm. in this situation. so what's Rob going to do? He doesn't have a chance to do much because his phone rings. And who is it, Gino? It's the Peters. Mr. Well, Peters. Mr. Peter. What's he calling to tell Rob? He's calling to tell Rob that he's, they mistakenly send his figs over. <laughs> yeah. Fig- Apparently back in the 60s when you have a baby, somebody sent you figs. The only thing I can think of is maybe the woman might be constipated after birth. Well, <laughs> so she so. might need f- <laughs> I don't know. But somebody, he said... I'm call- I think I have something of yours. And Rob's like, yes, I'm sure you yes. do. Rob's yes. talking about the baby. Mr. Peters is talking about a tray of figs. And of course, they have their flowers from the Carter family. Yep. So Rob starts explaining, well, no, I'm pretty sure you 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 know what I'm talking about. And I think Mr. Peters is like, what are you talking yeah. about? And he starts saying about busy day at the hospital, Peters Petri, 203-208, the flowers and the figs, the mixed up records, the mixed up uh envelopes the blueberry tarts and the rice pudding <laughs> i'm sure this man on the yeah. other end of the line's like what is this crazy person yeah. talking about but when you put it all together i don't think rob's too crazy here you know no i don't think so at all but now he says mr peters you know i think we you know we need to switch these babies and mr p's like okay you know we'll come over to make the switch the whole time mr peters is like i'm gonna switch these figs yeah <laughs> he tells jerry uh, and jerry's like i don't know. jerry's like i'm out of here yeah so he leaves and Laura comes in. <laughs> I think this is so funny. This is probably the funniest scene in the show at the moment. Yeah. So he's when like, Laura, I got something to tell you. And she's like, well, what? And he says, uh, we we have the wrong flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, what? And he goes, honey, how, how much do you like that baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like, Rob, what are you talking about? Well, she thinks he's jealous of the baby. Yes. And how she's more attached to the baby now than him. The baby gets more of her attention, yes. then, which I think is a very real thing that For people sure. go through. But so he tells her, I'm sorry, but we have the wrong baby. And she says, <laughs> uh, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, um, and my husband's favorite line in the whole thing is the exchange there. And I can't think of it because she, because he said, you're one in 50 million. And she's like, well, thank you. He yeah. says, no, because one in 50 million women have the wrong have baby. The wrong and she says, well, that's cute. How do they manage that? Yeah. And he says, how did he say it? It was really a funny I, line. That was, I literally had, that was the, the funniest thing on the show. And I don't I, remember. I, I have called in our expert here. Ted, the funniest <laughs> line in this show, neither one of us can recall. Do you remember? Ted, please tell us. She doesn't have it while she's having it, but once she has it, she has it. That's Is that it? it? That's it. It was funny. Okay. I hope <laughs> the microphone picked that up. So she's like, Bob, Rob, you're crazy. And she goes over to the crib. She goes, this is our baby. And, and she's looking at it and she goes, Rob. And he goes, you see, you see. And she goes, why does our baby have a blue foot? <laughs> he goes, oh, just some experimental testing yeah, or something. You know? She's now guarding the crib. Like, no, yeah, don't go no, near the crib. Nobody's touching this baby. Nobody is touching this baby. And then the doorbell rings and he says, honey, go to your room. Go to your room. <laughs> it was so funny. And she's. Like nobody's taking yeah, this baby. Like, no, standing in front of the. I don't care who's crib. at the door. Or what is that? Is that a crib? That's a bassinet. A bassinet. A bassinet. Yeah. So Gino. So Rob goes and answers the door. <laughs> it was a great comedic timing there mm -hmm. when he opens the door, because they show his face and reaction, and you can't see who's at the door. Well, that you hear him say, "I'm we. Hey, we're the Peters." <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he sees who they are, and then they the Peters take a step into the doorway, and they are a black family yes and the the dad is just laughing yeah. he is laughing so mr. hard because Peter. mr peters is just cracking up laughing because he knows he knew that yeah and he can't stop laughing he hands over the dried figs and rob's like why didn't you tell me on the phone and he said what and miss the expression on your face <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny they and then so they get a good laugh about it yep. and the wives bond and it's lovely and then Rob says, you want to come look at the baby that I tried to pawn off on you? And um, Rob says, do you think it looks like me? And Mr. Peter says, yes, you know, it does. And Rob says, you really think that? He said, no, but why get him fired up again or yeah. whatever? You know? <laughs> now, a little bit about this ending. The surprise reveal at the end of this episode caused the longest laugh by the studio audience in the show's history. It lasted several minutes and most of it had to be edited out in the final cut of the show. Really? Yes. Now, at the time, it was considered a controversial ending. Oh, I knew that was going to be controversial because <laughs> uh, yes. I looked at the t looked at the the year. Yeah. And I, when this episode came out, 63, 60, 60, uh, 60, uh, 63, 63. So 63. And then like, I could be wrong on this, but like the official end of all segregation was like 64. Yeah. It was Lyndon Johnson who signed it in. So it had to be 64. But Sheldon Leonard, who was the executive producer, he was always sens sensitive to racial matters. He felt that the ending made fun of the black couple. But Carl Reiner, who was a, one of the producers, he disagreed. He said, no, 
Rob is the butt of this joke here. For sure. It is. He's the one that's the butt of the joke. So the studio, they had a meeting and the sponsors, they all had concerns, but finally they suggested that they let the audience reaction gauge whether or not the ending was inappropriate because the audience would maybe, ooh, you yeah. know, something. But when they saw the reaction and the laughter and how it was received, they were like, no, this is good. Yeah. This is, and Carl Reiner's like, I told y'all I was right. I know comedy. This is good. <laughs> and uh, actually the actor who played Mr. Peters is Greg Morris, who went on to play Barney on Mission Impossible which really? he was very well known for that. He played in the original series from 66 to 71, then in its remake in 88 and 89. And, he, and his IMDb acting credits, 122 acting credits. I, when I saw him, he looked really he familiar. He had a fantastic career. I didn't know him, but I was like, I, I know I've seen this person before. I did think it was, when I, I was not expecting a black family to walk that's what i was gonna door. ask you your reaction to, to i this thought ending. it was hilarious because i didn't know, i wasn't expecting it at all just because it was the what year it was and it was a long time ago so i yeah. was like that, that that's not gonna happen i was like who's it gonna be i was like how are they gonna do fix this or whatever and then i was like boom right there because i checked to see like how long how much more time they have in the episode right. to try and see like all right it's got to be ending tune and then i clicked in and it had like two or three minutes left i was like well, maybe I don't know. And then it came in. It was hilarious. okay. So when you funny. saw them walk through the door, did you laugh? I did laugh. You did. Okay. I laughed because I did think. I thought the Mr. Peters. I thought he did it very well. Like I, I just wanted yeah. to see your face. I thought he was a good actor in that yeah. scene, and it makes sense now that you're saying that they wanted to see, like they yeah. felt bad if they wanted to see how the audience reacts. But right. and Rob was the butt of the joke in that. Oh, absolutely. Because he's kind of making fun of it. He's kind of throwing jabs at him a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. Peters <laughs> is definitely throwing some jabs. It was, it was, it was really good. Anyway, this is a little, a, a tiny discussion question because obviously with this show, I'm watching a lot of classic TV shows. This I found interesting when I read that Carl Reiner and the other writers and producers were very careful not to use any 60s slang in the show script. In fact, references to any time period or current events were very rare. This is important uh, when we look back on these shows. I can remember, and specifically the Partridge family is flashing in my head, and that always flashes in my head when I think of <laughs> horribleness. They would mention people's names that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. It would or events that even 10 years from then people weren't going to get. They wanted to make sure that 50 years from now or 60 or whatever you and I are watching this down the line, that we were still going to get every mm -hmm. joke. And with the exception of maybe Dr. Spock, who you weren't sure what that was, it was still able to be funny. Right. I do think that that happens a lot in shows. Yes. Where people are like saying something and like, I'll know what it is because it's current. But in I, I've thought about that many times now that you bring it up, like in 20 years from now, like somebody's watching it, they're like, what is that? Like, they're not going to yeah. know. Is half of a show going to be totally, I don't get it. I don't get it. You've got to watch when yeah. you do that. And that's why I appreciate their forethought here in that. Let's make sure this is always going to be funny, not just funny today. Let's mm. make sure this is always funny. When Gino and Michelle are talking about <laughs> this on a podcast 60 years from now, let's make sure they think it's funny. It, it, the show is very good because it's very realistic. Like mm -hmm. like he said, if it can't happen in real life, it's not going to happen on the show. Right. And like him being a new dad, kind of freaking out. Like like it's all things that are going to yes. happen in everybody's life. 
no matter what type of technology or whatever is out there, new stuff, like it's always going to be, this is like a core thing that happens in everyone's life. Yeah. And they just showed it on the show, like how it would yeah. work out. He was a very typical, if not cliche, new dad. Yeah. In, in sure. the 60s. Um, so, all right. Gino, the humor meter. The humor meter. I don't really ever think anything is that funny. Recently saw Hamilton at the Sanger and the the king of England or whoever comes out and the people, the theater <laughs> people just freaked out and thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I'm like, this isn't that funny. It was just like okay. that. So I'm, I'm a hard critic on funniness. I thought it was funny as in like, I'm going to give it like a 7.1. So it is funny and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would watch again other episodes but nothing was like laugh out funny i thought it was smart i thought the comedy was smart comedy from watching this episode nothing was like oh that's cheesy or like kind of like three stooges like like what you would think like if he's like did you see gilligan's island when he didn't had it that kind of like yeah he falls over the ottoman in the beginning whatever and but like that's that one thing Mm -hmm. like it's not I don't I've never watched the whole series but like in this episode there was nothing in the episode where I was like slapstick yeah this is lame yeah and I did think the the things that were supposed to be funny like when buddy rides in on the bike like I thought it was pretty funny yeah so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a seven on the 7.1 on the funny scale okay humor meter and I'm I'm looking I recently have compiled a humor meter wow Log, Look at that. And I'm looking at Gino's column here, and you are pretty consistent with 6.2, 6.5, 6, 6. You did 7.1 for this show, 7.2 for Bosom Buddies, and you gave the Golden Girls a 10. Well, that episode was really funny. <laughs> that was a very funny episode. <laughs> but you're, yeah, it was. But you're, you're, you're standing uh, pretty good here. I, for my humor meter, I gave it an eight, which seven, you gave it a 7.2. I gave it an eight. I think we're pretty close. Yeah. Um, the, oh, your LOL or favorite moment. It's probably the, the scene we can't remember, but it's the, <laughs> uh, when he's talking to his, when he's talking to Laura about the baby and like how she's like, how could that happen if they switch the baby? Like, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go watch it. But that would be my funniest thing. And I like when, uh, buddy, says the thing about the bike that was pretty funny right mine you know obviously the end is the moment you know right. but i liked um when he just looked at her and said honey how much do you like this baby yeah <laughs> like, like he was just the, in the way he delivered it it was just really really funny the watchability meter watchability meter yes shoot high wow okay i'd say like a 10 well oh what because I I, th- I think this was probably the we got a winner for the Gino. one I liked. I, I don't know if it's because it's older. Like I just recently watched Wandavision, so like relating it to that, I was like, this is this is really good. I liked it. Wandavision's all up in this piece. <laughs> uh, okay, I've just got a little bit of useless trivia, and then we're gonna have to sign off because we've got some hungry people waiting for us, Gino, especially your wife, who <laughs> literally like threatened us before we came and hit a podcast with "I'm hungry." But we're not going to skimp on quality, are we, Gino? Absolutely not. No. Eat a cookie, Eden. Yeah. You'll be fine. Um, the Dick Van Dyke Show, which was the last show to have its entire run filmed in black and white. 
Really? Because right around the mid to later 60s, they were switching over. Like a lot of my shows I liked back then, half of it's in black and white, the other half's in color. It went five seasons. It was set to switch over to color for the next season, but then they went off the air. So um, Dick Van Dyke took a big chance agreeing to do this show because in order to do it, he had to leave his Broadway hit show, Bye Bye Birdie for which he had really? won a Tony award. So he kind of rolled the dice there and it played out. And then actually when they brought Bye Bye Birdie to the big screen, he reprised his role. And oh. it was, have you seen Bye Bye Birdie? I think so. I know he didn't put it on one night. It's awesome. Now here's something I didn't know. The Dick Van Dyke show inspired the later series Mad About You. I did read about that. But I didn't look too much into it. Yeah, it, I... it came on in 1985. The series creator and occasional guest star was Carl Reiner. Really? And he reprised the role of Alan Brady for an episode of that show. And that's the show he writes for. Rob writes for. It's the Alan Brady show? The Alan Brady show, yeah. Do they ever show that on oh, the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, they show the actual show. Oh, yeah. They go into that. Um, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore played a married couple so convincingly on the show that many viewers actually thought they were married in real life, hmm. which I can see. The show was canceled after season one. Really? And Sheldon Leonard, the executive producer... Because he got some sponsors on board, it swayed CBS and said, okay, we'll renew it for another season. And then, of course, it ran for four more seasons. And at the end of season five, CBS was begging them to continue the show. So they ended it on their own. And they ended it on their own. I think I have a note about that. A small controversy occurred because of Mary Tyler Moore wearing capri pants on the show. Can't share the ankles. Because back then women, like we said, they were always in dresses. Mm -hmm. But capri pants kind of hugged the little derriere and were small at, at the ankle. It was like a very Jackie Onassis thing. Jackie Onassis wore those very well. Uh, up until the show's premiere, most housewives were seen in dresses. But Moore's explanation was that most of the housewives she knew wore pants. And because of Moore, capri pants became a huge fashion craze in the 60s. So hmm. there you go. Did they ever show them in the room together? Their what you bedroom? Mean? They had they had twin beds. They separate did not beds. separate beds. Still still couldn't pull that <laughs> off yet. The show was scheduled to return for a sixth season. However, the plan was scrapped when Dick Van Dyke decided he had enough. However, this contradicts Carl Reiner who is on record saying that it was his decision to end the series and his alone. He made it clear he would not be returning as producer after the fifth season, and the consensus was that it would have been impossible to do the show without him. Um, this show was voted number 13 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time, which I can Probably, see. For it, sure. It's a classic. In the very last episode of the show, how they closed it out, Rob writes his autobiography, and he shows it to everyone. And at the end of the episode, Alan Brady, who's played by Carl Reiner, decides to buy the rights to the manuscript and turn it into a TV series. That's funny. Which is the show. Right. <laughs> and the very last piece of useless tri trivia, which I always like to keep the, the best one for last, the telephone appears on the kitchen counter only in scenes that it rings. Huh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So, Gino, have you have anything else to add? I don't. I think I'm actually going to rewatch, or not rewatch this uh -huh. episode, but watch the series. So, I think you would say this lives up to the title of being a classic. 
100%. Yeah. Sure. And watching it in black and white, it was so clear and vivid, not cheap looking. Because sometimes you watch shows now and it's like, or even movies, like the new Aladdin movie. It just looks like a cheap set that they're on. And like this, like it's clearly a set. Like you can tell right. like the, the door opens to nothing. The You can just, it's so clear and the lines are clean. It just looks visually pleasing to watch. Okay. This was fun. It was. I think this was fun. I think this was a great show. I hope you'll be back again, Gino, for your for ninth sure. visit. Wow. You're catching, you're catching up with your wife. How many she's got? She's got like 12. Mm. I think you're right behind her though. Cool. So if it's I'll a race, you, you, you're getting there. <laughs> you're getting there. All right. Thank you, Gino, so All right. much. Thank you for having me. And because we did mention Seinfeld, I mentioned Seinfeld. We're just going to say bye. All right, everybody. Bye. This is Michelle, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Old TV with a New Twist. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your Apple Podcast app. And join our Facebook group, Old TV with a New Twist podcast group. And tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about, and we'll keep you informed of what's to come. We'll be back next month with a whole new episode of Old TV with a New Twist. Oh,